You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. It's time for the ESO Dragon Con Report, a podcast dedicated to help newcomers and veterans prepare for the upcoming annual convention in downtown Atlanta. With interviews, advice, and news from the pros and fans alike, be careful, you never know, you might actually learn something. Howdy, everyone, and welcome to the second episode of the ESO 2015 Dragon Con Con Report. Dragon Con 2015 is less than 200 days away. No way. Yeah, way. 192. I counted this today. (laughs) Slow day Uh, at work. This is our. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) This is our second of ESO's monthly specials, counting down to the uh, 2015 show. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and I'm pleased to introduce you to the rest of our station crew, starting with, of course, director Mike Faber. Hey, everybody. Good to be here. Thanks for having me again, Mike. And 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 how are you, sir? How how are things like leading up to DragonCon wise? Are are you starting to feel it a little bit? Yeah, because I have to edit this damn podcast. Yeah, <laughs> so it's just another thing to add to my list to do. But yeah, I'm getting excited for it. You know, I'm reading about all the different guests that are happening, and you know, some of the directors have already started talking about some panel ideas. So yeah, it, it sounds pretty darn awesome. Uh, with Dragon Con coming up and everything. And like Darren said just a few minutes ago, less than 200 days. And my God, time is flying. Mm-hmm. And also, we are very pleased to once again have with us Mr. Darren Noel. Hi, everybody. What's going on? Howdy, sir. How are you? I am just fine. I'm about to officially become a cosplay addict. Oh, yeah. do tell. I, I'm about to buy a sewing machine. Oh, there you go. That's a sign. Yeah, do it. See, see, she's an enabler. She's an enabler. Me. I am. Yeah. My sickness. My way. <laughs> and that enabler, of course, is our own Mary Lou Who. Thanks again for joining us. Of course. Thank you for having me. And and uh, how many uh, sewing kits have you gone through? Like, like like sewing machines? Yes. Do you actually like wear them down? <laughs> um. Well, that's a yes. That was funny. <laughs> I love that. That giggled said it all right there. <laughs> No, um, actually, I only have had ever had one sewing machine, but it really needs to be serviced right now, so it's kind of broken, but it will be fixed soon. Um, but I also have a serger, so I, it serves a different function, but I guess technically I have two sewing machines. Now, uh, the progression on both of your costumes so far, so good? Is it is it looking good going into, you know, less than 200 days? You are so funny. Yeah, right? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. nope. Don't don't we actually on the show promote uh, preparation? We we do and in and, and advance. Do as we say not as we do. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, I have I have plans and I have made them. And uh, plan number two is to buy the sewing machine because plan number one was to uh, make my own batch of apple pie. Yeah, how's it going? I, I tested that stuff all last weekend, and oh my god, it is so good! <laughs> oh, uh, I, I was I was actually talking to you while you were doing I that know, online. Right? I know. Like, 
mm, this is some good stuff, kids. So if you get lucky enough to find me and I'm in a giving mood, <laughs> let me know. It's very tasty. Very, very tasty. And since I'm off work tomorrow, <laughs> I'm going to be drinking it later tonight. <laughs> well, that and is a different kind of preparation for Dragon Con. So, but nonetheless valid. Uh, thank you. Thank you. So we do have to check the test the bladders and get the work the bladders up. You have to prime the pump, sir. Yes. You don't want that uh shot to your kidneys. Uh You don't want to be walking into uh <laughs> into Dragon Con with the strongest thing being Ovaltine that you've had. Because <laughs> <laughs> you will you will die from just <laughs> the air. Uh, we're also going to be joined by uh, Eternal member Zan, uh, extraordinaire. She's going to be letting us in on the secrets of being an Eternal member. Well, isn't she going by Eternal Zan now? Eternal Zan, yes. Uh, also, uh, Michelle Biddick-Simmons is back with some more Drop by Dragon Con tips. And in our Cosplay Corner segment, Bewitched Raven is also down to the wire working on her outfits as well. So she's going to report to us on that. Um, we are missing, once again, uh, our newbies guy, uh, which is Kevin Batchelder. Uh, he is still uh, buried yeah, in still snow in New England. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, rest assured, um, he is alive uh, and bunkered down somewhere within, I don't know, I think there's nine feet, ten feet of snow they've got now up there. Allegedly. Allegedly alive, sir. Allegedly, no, no. He's people, been... up, people up there are going to start eating family members. I'm sorry because <laughs> that's just not right. I've been getting some some contact with him. So, um, but uh, yes, uh, he sends his regards and he hopes that, uh, that enough snow will be gone by March so he can join us for the next episode. But, he could uh, dig his way out to his microphone. If you do, like anybody who does have questions and they want to uh, join the sort of newbie support group that uh, Kevin has supported, uh, Ed's come up with. Also, uh, he's a minister over on the Facebook group for the uh, newbies group. We're going to have links to that and everything else that we're going to talk about uh, on our show notes as well as on our website so that you can uh, – uh, access those easily so um now this earth station one special report is sponsored by the eso amazon e-store where you can find all sorts of cool geeky merchandise if you're ordering some swag from amazon help us out by going through our link it's right on the top of a page when you go to the eso website uh it doesn't cost you anymore and it helps us out a lot if you'd like to leave feedback or comment on the show, please call our ESO feedback line at 404-963-9057. Uh, or feel free, of course, to email us at esopodcast at gmail.com. And you can also reach us via uh, Facebook as well or any of the other social media outlets. We are pretty much everywhere. In fact, I think we're, yes, Mike just started a uh, ESO account on Instagram so uh, that'll be full of Dragon Con picks once uh, the big event comes. The devil you say, sir. Absolutely. <laughs> so now we're going to get started with some news and notes. Um, first off, one thing that we talked about in the last episode was the uh, Medieval Times event that happened. Uh, I think it was happening. It was about to happen right after we recorded our episode. And I know that uh, Nikki took some great pictures. And so if anybody wants to check those out, definitely check out her uh, website. But Mike, you were also there, right? Oh, yeah. It was my actually first time going to Medieval Times. So was there a pretty good turnout of among Dragon Con folks? Oh, it was amazing. And the costumes, gosh, these people for 
knocked it out of the ballpark for just going to medieval times and such. They had probably at least over 150 cosplayers there. Wow. 150? Is that what you said? Yes, sir. That's a lot. And they had a costume contest. So it was actually a lot of fun. And there were some very creative costumes, including one where we got a picture of uh, Judy with uh, Toothless and Hiccup from How to Train Your Dragon. Oh, wow. That's wow. Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And it was just awesome. We saw some friends, of, a lot of friends of the show and it was just really nice. And we hung out with Nikki and Dave most of the evening and we just had a great time and it was, it was fun. It was like going to the Renaissance fair, but indoors. Now were there track directors there? Was, was something, was Dragon Con something that people were talking about or was it really more of a social event where everybody was just there yep. and enjoying each other's company. Dragon Con was a main topic. You know, you saw, you know, people were talking about, you know, different tracks, different groups and, you know, different organizations that were involved with it. Um, you know, of course, Johnny League and the uh, Metro Atlantic Geeks were there, you know, so it was a lot of different groups that you knew who are involved with Dragon Con all milling around in the lobby there. It was just really nice. That's really cool. That's really cool. I, I hope they do even more events uh, like that because it just seems like, you know, the event is so big that, you know, people do want to kind of get together. We can see it online. People want to get together um, uh, throughout the year. Exactly. And it was not, you know, that expensive it was for for the whole evening. It was twenty nine bucks um, for dinner and the show and everything, which is not bad when you consider Exactly, because I think it's usually at least 50 bucks or so to go to medieval times. Yeah, yeah, it is. So it was it was a lot of fun, and I definitely would looking forward to going and doing it again next year when they do it. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to check out Nikki's uh, photos of the event. Uh, Geek Behind the Lens uh, is uh, her uh, – uh, I don't know if it's a website name, but I know it's under Facebook. So, again, we're going to have a link to that so you can check out the photos from that. Um, and, uh, if you're looking to get together with some other, uh, people associated with Dragon Con, uh, you can actually do so as early as, uh, March 21st. And this is for a really good cause. Uh, Dragon Con superheroes are back. Uh, Dragon Con superheroes are, are excited to again be partnering with the Atlanta Community Food Bank. Um, they are going to be rolling up their sleeve, getting a little dirty to help out with an ACFB-maintained community garden. Uh, This Community Gardens Act is a powerful tool for social change, providing neighborhoods with fresh vegetables, beautiful land, and a place to meet and work towards positive goals. Uh, Volunteers help with weeding, seeding, planting, tilling, cleaning, clearing, and any other activity that can possibly take place in a garden. Oh, that leaves out. That's okay. That's... (laughs) Right, a blank check there, people. Right, <laughs> that's God. I'd watch that if I were y'all. That's a pretty bold statement. Uh, All right. <laughs> again, this is March twenty first. It is from nine a.m. to twelve noon. Uh, the garden location will be communicated approximately one week prior to the event. It will be in the Atlanta metro area. And if you want to get involved, uh, you can go to www.dragoncon.org slash question mark Q equals superheroes. And we're going to have that link for you there too. So you can just go to the dragon con site or you can just click on the link and it'll take you right there. So um, I know that they had a lot of people show up for their event uh, that they did last year. So those are a lot of fun and you're kind of helping out and getting outdoors. 
what is this place the outdoors you speak of? <laughs> I've heard I've heard about it, but I've never gone. It's too scary out there. It's very scary. <laughs> Some it's other dangerous imp- to go alone. Take this. <laughs> Some other important dates of note. Um February thirteenth uh was the final day of ninety five dollar membership rates. So sorry, you're now gonna have to pay a little bit over a hundred dollars if you want to go to Dragon Con. Uh they they are a hundred and ten dollars now. They will be $110 until May 15th, and when they go up, in which they go up to $120. Uh, also, uh, February 16th is when the fan table application went online. So, if you do or are interested in uh, operating a fan table there at DragonCon, uh, you can apply online now. Also, uh, parade registration has opened. That opened February 13th. So if you want to take part in the parade, uh, I would do that as soon as possible because I think um, uh, registration for that is limited. So there's only a certain number of spaces uh, that people that they'll take. Although last year, I think, was the largest parade folks that they had. And I think I want to say that was over 2000. Does that sound right to you guys? Oh, yeah. Like that was in the parade. Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah, no, there were a lot more than two thousand people watching that parade. So, but when you were like watching it, did it seem like there was that many like participating in the parade? Oh yeah, but it was very well organized, so it was very cool. Oh, one of the things you did uh, miss also bringing up is on Saturday, March fourteenth, is yeah. an event coming up. It's called Halfway to Dragon Con. Oh, what is that? Halfway to Dragon Con is an annual gathering at the Hyatt Regency Atlanta to celebrate the switch from. Post-con depression to pre-con excitement. <laughs> and it starts at 8 p.m. And you could find the event on uh, probably on Facebook. I was going to say, is that an official Dragon Con thing? Or is it something that somebody's put together? That I'm not sure for, but I know it's, uh, it's you know, has a lot of Dragon Con people do, going there. Well, that and- sounds awesome. I'm going to find out more information about that. We'll definitely have a, a link for that for people who are interested. Because uh, I don't. It doesn't look like uh, – I mean, I haven't seen that in any official Dragon Con stuff. Well. But that just means – I mean, you know. It's mm-hmm. a party. What do you mean? I was going to yeah. say, if people want to get together and, and do that, that sounds like an awesome idea. So, And that's at the – which hotel? It's going to be at the Hyatt. Hyatt. But, but can we say pre-con excitement – a better word might be pre-con anxiety for cosplayers. <laughs> just saying. Yeah, just, and, and it's showing Michael Gordon has already been invited. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, well, there you go. March 15th is when media access applications open. So uh, that's in a few weeks. Um, now, I do understand that if you did have a media pass in 2014, you will still need to prove coverage. Uh, you'll need to prove coverage to be granted uh, media access in 2015. So you're going to have to prove that you actually did some coverage of the last event if you want to try to get a pass media access for 2015. So mm-hmm. unless you're a new organization. Um, yes. I think if you want more details on that, just uh, go to dragoncon.com or contact media relations at dragoncon.org for more information on that. What he said. So um, those are all the uh, main important dates that are happening in February and March. So um, without further ado, I know that there were some guest announcements. So Mike and Mary, take it away. Well, we will go in order and we will let the lovely Mary go first. Okay. James Palmer is an award-nominated author and editor of science fiction, new pulp, and space opera. He is best known as the co-creator of the award-nominated alternate history giant monster anthology series, Monster Earth. And a friend of the show. 
Absolutely. I'll yeah. be seeing him at the Necrocon this weekend. Exactly. Uh, Davey Buchamp uh, created Writer's Relief Anthology Series and the award-dominating Amazing Pulp Adventures radio show. It was turned into an RPG Skull Crow Games and card game Foxhammer Press. He hosts of Gallifrey Pirate Radio, a podcast dedicated to Doctor Who, and just wrote an essay for you and who. Timothy Zahn is the author of 10 Star Wars books in the Cobra, Quad, Cobra Quadrail, and Dragonback series. Recent books include Cobra Outlaw, Soulminder, and A Call to Duty, the first of the Manicore Ascendant series written with David Weber. Jenny Wirtz is a fantasy author of 17 published novels, including the War of Light and Shadow series and 29 short stories. Gregory A. Wilson is a published author of both speculative fiction and academic writing. Professor of English at St. John's University and in New York City, a podcaster, musician, and Twitch TV channel host. Carrie Vaughn is the author of the New York Times bestseller series of novels about a werewolf named Kitty. She's written several other novels, as well as upwards of 70 short stories. Anthony Taylor is the author of Zombies, the Ultimate Visual History from Insight Editions. He's also a screenwriter, novelist, and pop culture journalist who's written Arctic Adventure, an official Thunderbirds novel. Awesome. Friend of the show, too. Yep, and Ken Spivey's coming back to Dragon Con. Ken Spivey's a songwriter, Doctor Who, and Harry Potter expert, award-winning convention runner, and the band leader of the Ken Spivey Band. Melinda M. Snodgrass is a novelist and screenwriter. She worked on Star Trek The Next Generation and many other shows. She writes occult thrillers, space opera, and writes for and co-edits the Wild Card series with George R. R. Martin. Tasman L. Silver is a creator-writer of the young adult urban fantasy series Windfire and the horror web series Sky of the Damned. Stephen W. Ramsden is the founder and director of the highest volume hands-on astronomy research nonprofit in the world, the Charlie Bates Solar Astronomy Project. Livio J. Romaldi is currently drawing various Transformers projects for IDW Publishing. He also provides Battlestar Galactic covers for Dynamite. Bobby Nash is an award-winning author of novels, comic books, short prose, graphic novel, and green screenplays. Why does that guy sound familiar? I don't know. I don't know. I just, uh, um, I, I used to know someone named Bobby Nash, but um, I, I couldn't possibly be the same guy. No, that guy's in the airlock with JD. He can't come out. <laughs> <laughs> Michael J. Martinez is the author of the historical fantasy space opera Deadliest Trilogy, The Deadliest Incident from 2013, The Enclius Crisis, and the Venusian Gambit. He likes a good coffee, fine beer, and kind people. Don Mates. The award-winning imaginative art of Don Mates has appeared on hundreds of publications and has concept art for two feature fil animated films, Jimmy Neutron Boy Genius and Ant Bully. Mates created the Captain Morgan Rum character, and his A-Matesing images have appeared for, before a worldwide audience. Rob Levy is the writer of Dr. Hooligan's blog, podcaster, writer for NeedlessCoffee.com, and occasional contributor for a guest podcaster for some podcast called Earth Station Who. Mm. He is also a, he's also a music, film, and pop culture writer for The 11th Magazine. No, I just said that. I thought he sounded familiar. Yeah. Mm. David Ladyman has edited developed, edited, developed, and created games and game books for four decades, including... SJG, 
FASA, TSR, Origin, Bullfrog, EverQuest, Star Wars Galaxies, and other MMOs. Tom Hutchins is the founder CEO of Mandalorian Mercs Costume Club. He specializes in the creation of hyper-realistic Star Wars costumes and props. He has helped collaborated on various Star Wars books and is a regular contributor at StarWars.com. Paige Gardner is an award-winning costume designer whose eccentric masks, bizarre props, and original costumes make her art recognizable worldwide. Gardner's high-profile work is regularly featured in multiple media channels and best-selling books on steampunk and cosplay. Milton J. Davis is the writer-publisher of black speculative fiction focusing on sword and soul and steampunk. <laughs> Richard Lee Byers is the author of over 40 fantasy and horror novels, including Blind God's Bluff, The Reaver, and Called to Darkness. Dr. Geek is coming to Dragon Con. That's right, folks. Dr. Scott Figuet is an archaeologist, novelist, actor, and the creator of Dr. Geek's Laboratory, a STEM outreach program exploring science fiction concepts and relating them to the scientific breakthroughs. Debbie Vigay is the New York Times bestselling author of the Wicked series and three dozen other novels. Debbie writes thrillers including Psalm t the Psalm 23 Mysteries, Witch Hunt, the Witch Hunt Trilogy, and the Kiss Trilogy. Jody Lynn Nye lists her main career activity as spoiling cats. She lives near Chicago with her cat Jeremy and husband Bill. She has published more than 45 books, including collaborations with Anne McCaffrey and Robert Aspirin and 120 short stories to her name. Her latest books are A View from the Imperium and Best Wishes. Jonathan LaCraft is a game designer with nearly 15 years of design experience in MMOs and RPGs. He is currently a senior game designer at Blizzard Development, excuse me, Blizzard Entertainment. I'm playing WoW right now. I should remember the name of that. And has <laughs> worked nearly every other aspect of World of Warcraft over the past decade. David Mack is the New York Times bestselling author of more than 25 novels, including the Star Trek Destiny and Cold Equations trilogies. Tom Zaylor is the creator, editor, and artist of the Harvey-nominated fan-favorite superhero romantic comedy Love and Capes. He has also written and drawn issues of IDW's successful My Little Pony miniseries. Michael Z. Williamson is a locust bestselling science fiction author, veteran, immigrant, bladesmith, weapons collector, and consultant for TV productions on several networks. He is editor-at-large for Survival Blog with 300,000 300, weekly readers. Sorry, I was just in shock by that. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Scott Whitley is the writer-creator of the award-winning all-ages series Princeless and a frequent writer for IDW's My Little Pony Friendship is Magic comic. He's awesome. If you haven't read Princeless, you need to be reading it. Cool. Tara Platt is an actress known for voiceovers and films. She also co-authored award-winning book voiceover voice actor with her husband, fellow actor Yuri Lowenthal, as well as being a showrunner for four seasons of the acclaimed animated action figure web comedy Shelf Life. Dean Motter is best known for the comic sensation Mr. X. He has written The Spirit, Wolverine, Wolverine and the award-winning film noir graphic novel Batman Nine Lives. The uh, mentioned before, Yuri Lowenthal is a prolific actor with 350 IMDb credits, mostly known for his voice work in video games and animations such as The, such as the Prince of Persia, Ben 10, and Nerado, among others. 
Aletha Contis is the New York Times bestselling author of the Woodcutter Sisters fantasy tale novel, fairy tale novels, the Sandpoint Romance series, and Sherilyn Kenyon's Dark Hunter Companion. She hosts the popular YouTube series Princess Alethea's Fairy, Ca- fairy Tale Rants. That sounds like fun. Chandra Free is an artist, writer, creator behind the dark fantasy graphic novel series The God Machine. She's the art director at Blam. Ventures, creator of the comic Skin and Matilda Tiki, an illustrator on books like Fraggle Rock and the Graphic Canon, and other colorists for Mice Templar and Solar Energy. Heather Brewer is a New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal bestselling author of The Chronicles of Vladimir Todd, which has sold over 1.5 million copies worldwide. Brian Kesslinger is an is an Annie Award-winning story artist for Walt Disney Animation Studios and the creator of the popular steampunk duo Otto and Victoria. Courtney Taylor is best known for voice acting, excuse me, for voicing Jack in Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3. Ada Wong in Resident Evil 6, Resident Evil Operation Raccoon City, and Resident Evil Damnation. Audrey and Starla in Regular Show, Wonder Woman in Justice League Heroes, and Angela Weaver in The Bureau, XCOM Declassified. William Sailors is known for his voiceover work as Rigby in the Cartoon Network's Emmy Award-winning Regular Show, Reverend Putty in the Adult Swim's Moral Ore, and popular video games such as Skyrim and Mass Effect 3. Kim Steadman is a science planning engineer for the Mars Science Laboratory Curiosity rover and a tactical uplink lead for the Mars Exploration Rover Opportunity at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Samantha Summersby is the author of a dozen novels and novellas, including the critically acclaimed paranormal romance series Forbidden. She also writes the Fallen Sirens novels for Penguin Rose as S.J. Harper, along with Jeannie C. Stein. Andy Renton is the creator of the Breakout All Ages series of graphic novels, Owly, starring a little owl who's always searching for new friends. Relying on a mixture of symbols and expressions to tell his silent stories, Renton's heartwarming style has made him a favorite of both fans and critics alike. Sam Marin is an animator and voice actor best known for the voice of Burson, Pops, and Muscle Man on the Cartoon Network's regular show. He has also voiced characters on Adventure Time and more recently Over the Garden Wall. Clay and Susan Griffith are authors of the Vampire Empire series by Peer Books, which blends pulp adventure, steampunk, and romance. The fourth book, The Geomancer, premieres at DragonCon 2015. James R. Tuck is the author of Deacon Chalk series and co-author of the forthcoming Robin Hood Demon's Bane series, as well as numerous short stories and comic strips, and another friend of the show. Naomi Novik is the acclaimed author of the Tipperary series, Begun with His Majesty's Dragon. Her latest novel, Uprooted, is a new fantasy influenced by the Polish fairy tales of her childhood. Erin Gray is coming back to Dragon Con, and she is an American actress best known for her role as Kate Summers in the situation comedy Silver Spoons and as Colonel Wilma Deering in the science fiction television series Buck Rogers in the 25th Century. Elizabeth Moon has published 26 novels, including the Nebula Award winner The Speed of Dark, some 50 short fiction pieces in anthologies and magazines, and four short fiction collections, most recently Deeds of Honor in 2014. 
Sarah Milkovic is a planetary geologist and a system engineer at NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory. A space exploration enthusiast since childhood, she is delighted to be currently working on the Mars 2020 rover. Sarah has previously worked on Mars Curiosity, Mars Phoenix, Cassani Huygens, and Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter. Taylor Anderson is the New York Times bestselling author of the 10-volume historical military sci-fi fantasy Destroyer Men series. Esther Freisner has over 40 novels and nearly 200 short stories published so far. Nubia Award-winning Esther is best known for creating and editing the Chicks in Chainmail anthologies from Bayon Books and her Young Adult Princess of Myth series of young adult novels from Random House. And that is it for this month, folks. Wow. Um, one more addition. I do know that uh, good friend of the station, J.R. Mounts, has uh, uh, agreed to be a attending artist in the Comics and Pop Artist Alley. So good for JR. It's going to be his, his first Dragon Con. He's very excited about uh, having a, a table in the comic area. And, uh, yeah, it's an interesting list so far. I mean, that's no, uh, you know, obviously the big fireworks are still yet to come, but uh, a lot of solid uh, folks there. Oh, very much so. And congratulations to JR. Yeah, and congratulations to everybody who uh, as a guest. Uh, and, you know, a lot of it uh, looks like a lot of the writers. I mean, a lot of people don't think of uh, Dragon Con as being a very uh, literary, uh, well-founded uh, convention. But it, it's, it's, it's part of its, I think, its history that they've always attracted uh, the, some of the best writers around. Uh, so, and that, it looks like that's continuing as well. So that's very good. And like, uh, cool to see a couple of, uh, NASA folks on the list. Uh, so if you're in the mood to get some real science, uh, and have some questions about NASA and what's going on with the space programs, uh, DragonCon is a place to be. Dead oh. silence. <laughs> space <laughs> the final frontier Don't ask them about the deflector shield or the warp core however because <laughs> they're going to look at you sideways so <laughs> well a lot of people look at people sideways at dragon Con. i know um so yes congratulations to all the guests that are there um and uh yeah like i said i think you know obviously some some big names are yet to come uh, I would imagine probably within the next, uh, I don't know, month or so, they'll probably start uh, dropping some names. It must be difficult, too, because I know with, you know, the fall seasons and shooting schedules, sometimes it's difficult to, to nail some folks down as far as uh, some of the bigger names. But, heck, if they just didn't announce any other person, uh, this would be a pretty cool guest list to have for most conventions. So. Well, it's interesting because it was mostly writers this last time. Yes, yeah, it seems like uh, the literary track really uh, got uh, the uh, full brunt of the last month or so, and some and some comic people as well. So always good to see that. So well, very and cool. It, well, thank and you. And it guys. also seems like it's going to be an adventure, uh, not adventure time. Sorry, but a regular show gathering as well. Oh right, yes. Lots of lots of voiceovers. Lots of voiceover actors from that show. Yes, yeah. Uh, very cool. Um, well, um, now it's time to check in with uh, our eternal member, uh, Eternal Zan. As she is going to let us know what it's like to be an eternal member and what that means. 
So now it's time to talk to her new moniker now is Eternal Zan. And the reason for that is because she is an Eternal member. So, And she's going to tell us a little bit about Dragon Con Eternal memberships. Uh, welcome back to the station, good friend Zan. Hey, how's it going? Hi. Uh, now, um, how long have you been an Eternal member? Since 2005. But okay. my first Dragon Con was 2003. And I just kind of heard about it from talking to people. Sure. Um, but I didn't buy. I think I only heard of it in like 2000, and then I bought it in 2005 because I don't think you could buy it online then. So I bought it in person at 2000 in 2005. I see. I see. Now um, it's interesting because well, we were we just did uh, the regular Earth Station One show uh, on um, Saturday Night Live, and one of the things that uh, I always found funny about Saturday Night Live is they had a a thing called the um, uh, I think it was the the five timers club, or if you hosted the show five times, you got uh, into an exclusive club that had uh, you know executive washrooms and and uh, and, and clubhouses and 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 various uh, other perks. So um, I so now with a you know sort of thinking about eternal members, I'm like, wow, I bet there's some sort of secret like club that they get all these like huge perks. There's like an, un- an underground system where they can just like go from panel to panel without waiting in line and all that kind of stuff. Probably not. But uh, if uh, it let, what can you tell us about being an eternal member? Sure, sure. Um, real quick before that, I just wanted to mention that last month when I gave a roundup of websites where you could go see find rooms and roommates for Dragon Con, yes. um, I made a big point of saying I was just a fan of all those places, so I wanted to get a full disclosure out of the way. Um, I'm now an admin of the Dragon Con Rooms group. The current admin had reached out to me months ago, and it was kind of buried in my other box, and we chatted and forgot about it. And then we got back in touch, and now I'm an additional admin of that. So I just wanted to let people know that. Absolutely. Um, okay, so what is an eternal membership? Um, on the website, on the Dragon Con store, where you can purchase it, this is all it's This membership great access. Every Dragon Con from now until it no longer exists. Membership badges are picked up in the VIP badge pickup. Eternal members have a party on Thursday night before the show. That's hospitality. That's it. That's all it is. So it doesn't really give you a whole lot of information on the website. Um, now, it has been confirmed by Dragon Con staff and the volunteers that work in the uh, badge pickup for Eternal. They do have their own badge pickup, and it's in the Marriott. That if Dragon Con ever caps memberships, Eternals are exempted from them. You're grandfathered in. So if anybody paid attention to the like heartache and despair of people trying to get tickets to San Diego Comic Con, if ticket, getting a ticket to Dragon Con ever gets like that, because I'm sure they never thought it would happen in San Diego, um, you don't have to worry. You're grandfathered in. So they don't really say that on the website directly, but that has been confirmed, and I think that's an important point. As far as perks, oh, and by the way, nobody said that, like, anybody's going to cap memberships. Like, no one official at Dragon Con has suggested that'll ever happen. That's just kind of a fan rumor that's been out for years, especially, you know, like how crowded it gets now. Um, so, yeah, it's, but it's not a VIP membership. There's, it's not like other conventions where you can get a gold level, level membership or platinum and you get to cut in line. There's no line cutting. There's no special seating. 
there's no advantage booking hotel rooms. There's nothing. All you get is a party on Thursday night, which is awesome. And you never have to pay for a ticket again. So that's, that's what you get. And then I have um, more details where I can expound on some of that. Is there a particular point you'd like me to cover first? Well, yeah, out of the points that you made, uh, real quick. uh, So regarding the you never have to get a ticket again. Okay, so um, do you have to let them know that you're coming? Do you have to do you have to when you get there, do you have to pick up a badge? I mean, or is that all still? I mean, is it just you got um, one sort of badge and you're good for life? Oh, no. Well, they mail you a postcard, just like everybody else, and they send out all the eternal badges at the same time. So it's a little bit depressing because on social media, everybody else gets their postcards before the eternals. They tend to get sent out all in one batch in December. I think in one batch because I don't know how many eternal members there are, but it's not a huge amount if they can send them out in one batch. The other postcards go out in like a series of batches because there's so many of them. Um, and so you get a postcard. Now it is a different color. This year was purple. Last year was yellow. So when all your friends are posting pictures of what their postcards look like, if you're an eternal, it looks the same, but it's a different color. So you have to be careful not to accidentally throw it out in the junk mail because you're looking for the wrong color. Um, and then you, just like anybody else, you take your postcard to your registration line which years ago was in the Sheraton, and you just had a separate line on the floor to follow, but now it's in the Marriott. And it is on the lobby level, kind of behind the concierge, and it'll say on the postcard what room number it's in. So for the past couple years, it's kind of been in this back hallway that's kind of like back behind the Dragon Con um, store in the Marriott. And there's signs. So, yeah, you just go to your special room, and there is sometimes swag. I haven't gotten swag every year because some years I've gotten there really early, apparently before they put the swag out, and then I forgot to go and get it. Um, But sometimes it's like free books um, or bookmarks. One year it was a Christmas ornament. So it it varies in quantity and quality from year to year. But, you know, hey, it's free. So that's pretty awesome. Gotcha. Well, yeah, that's true. Um, And so, and I'm guessing there's no other perks, anything else that happens throughout the year when Dragon Con's not happening? No. Um, well, there hasn't been before, but I a few months ago, I started a Dragon Con Eternal members Facebook group, and so, well, I live like 10 hours away. I live in Florida, so I'm not really planning on arranging anything through the Facebook group that I couldn't attend. <laughs> um, but I think there's probably things that are going to happen through the Facebook group over time because that just is how things tend to evolve. Like we have talked on the Facebook group about having additional gatherings besides the Thursday party, but it's really just too early in the year for any of that to be totally firmed up yet. But the Thursday night party is really the big thing. Is now that Thursday night party, is that something that Dragon Con um, is an official event or is it something that, you know, somebody, some eternal members just got together and said, we want to do this. Um, no, it's the only official event put on by Dragon Con for the Eternal members. And it is uh, the location is mentioned on the postcard that you'll get, so I don't want to say where it is because it's really just supposed to be for the Eternals. And it's right. also the same location as the Celebrity Green Room. So the party is on Thursday night from 8 to mid, um, 
It's been in the Hyatt for the last few years. And it is only for celebrities or guests um, and eternal members. So if you're an eternal, you can't bring your friend with you. And it is 21 and up because there's a free bar um, with wine and some other stuff. I don't know what the other stuff is. I just like the wine. Um, <laughs> and, and it's free. Um, so celebrities sometimes do show up, but they're not guaranteed. So example, one of my favorite memories was I met Sylvester McCoy while wearing my TARDIS dress, which nice. is the fun part. But the not fun part is I have no picture because this is the celebrity green room. There's no photos and that's so you can meet great celebrities, but you can't take selfies with them. Um, some other celebrities I've seen throughout the years, Virginia Hay, uh, Garrett Wong, um, Timothy Zahn, Star Wars uh, author, and also Aaron Douglas, Tyrrell from Battlestar Galactica. But really, like, is there a party he's not at? So, of course, <laughs> That's he's <there>. true. <laughs> Very cool. Um, and they have a free. It's it's light fare. It's not a huge meal. It's good food, um, but it's not it's not con suite food. I love the con suite, but of course, their food has to be made in bulk. So it is a little bit higher quality food at the eternal members party i mean it's not like thousand dollar escargo or anything but it is good that's uh that's great uh you know i mean just that one thing though is is pretty cool and it, it's a great sounds like a great way to start your dragon con weekend yeah and there's a lot of like everybody's looking at each other's ribbons because you're either an eternal or you're a celebrity or you're a volunteer working the room. So there's a lot of people, you know, talking about, oh, when did you get your eternal membership? How long have you been coming? And it's basically the same, you know, eternal members going year after year. So it's a really great way to start off your weekend and, you know, reconnect with people. And part of the reason I wanted to form a Facebook group online was so that maybe we can get this small group of people and maybe if there's interest, we could do other things together. Like, I suggested, hey, want to march in the parade? And people were like, nope, I have plans. Like, 10 months ahead of time, and everybody has plans. So, <laughs> um, which I love about the Eternal members. They're like, no, I have my schedule's already done. So maybe we'll end up doing some other things. Um, and I also did want to say, for the Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups, Dragon Con Eternal Members. It's kind of long, but... A lot of group names are taken on Facebook, so it's Dragon Con Eternal Members, and there's an S at the end. You don't have to be an Eternal member to join the Facebook group. It is a fan resource, and I will vet to make sure you're a human, so you might want to check your other inbox if you're interested. But there's a lot of people. Some of them are volunteers. Uh, there's at least one staffer in there that I know of. And there are people who are just interested and have questions about being an eternal member. But any fan thing that we organize in that group um, won't be exclusive to eternal members because, quite frankly, I don't want to organize a party that I can't invite my friends to. Yes, well, that that makes that makes sense. Um, uh, as far as uh, questions that you get from people in in Facebook, is there is there anything like that really just it seems like it happens all the time. A question that you get asked all the time. Oh yeah. Number one, how much does it cost? And well, is course. it worth it? Just like, that was my number one before, question. Like, you would <laughs> not believe about whether it's worth it to buy an eternal membership. So, um, I'm happy to cover that really quickly. The current Absol price is 2,500. Yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, absolutely. Go ahead. Okay. The current price is $2,500. And, 
Before that, it was 2000, and the last price jump was September 30th of this year. Now, this year, they did announce it about two weeks ahead of time that they were going to do a price jump, but that is the only time I remember them even announcing it ahead of time. They can and do price at any time with no notice. So if you're on the fence, you know, there's no time like the present. Now, I'm not advocating you spend money you don't have, but just um, – I did ask in the Facebook group that people could remember past prices were, and in the history of Dragon Con, here's what I've gathered. They went up from $120, and that was like 20 years ago, to 250 to 350 to 500 to 600 to 750 and this has been with, within like the last five to eight years. Then they started really to 1000 to 1500 to 2000 to 2500 So the past four price jumps have been price jumps of $500 which is why a lot of people go back and forth about, is it worth it, and when will it be, quote, paid off? And that, that's where it gets really complicated, and that's where the heated discussion is, is how do you calculate that? Um, because calculations on if, you, if the price only goes up by $5 a year, which you know nobody knows what the future holds, you're still looking at not paying it off at $2,500, until, until like 2030, like the latest it would be would be maybe 2033 if you're counting the advanced price. But some people say you should use the at-the-door price, in which case you'd pay it off in 15 years. But there's really no way to know if your price increases are going to be or even how long the price is going to stay at $2,500. So that's where it gets tricky. And then, you know, should you even consider the paying it off thing? Some people are happy to just say, hey, I just want to pay this now, and I want to not have to worry about ever having to get a ticket again or, you know, being grandfathered in like we talked about before. So that's really the biggest controversy is for the price it is now, can I afford it and should I pay it? Yeah, I think um, the way I was sort of looking at it was when uh, before I was lucky enough to be a guest at the show, uh, I did pay uh, to be an attendee, and I would always do the advance uh, memberships, which would be about sixty dollars or so. And so, let's just say we'll take you know that's the top that's the top price that I got for advance. Now, obviously, if you wait until the day of the event, you're going to be paying like more than a hundred. But in the advance, you know, when you get the advance set ones, um, you can pay just. I mean, you used to be able to get them for about $60. Now, if I, I, you know, I've been going for 20, over 20 years. So let's just say that uh, at $60, you know, that would be, um, you know, and and just on average, uh, that would be $1,200. So I'd still have to go like a lot more in order to cover the cost of, of you know, a, a membership, an eternal membership. Yeah, and that's that's definitely consideration. Um, the other consideration is, you know, based on past history, nobody would be surprised if the next price jump took it to three thousand. So, for some people, if you're really really interested, you want to buy it as you can, as soon as it's reasonable for you to afford it, because there's no advantage into putting it off more. I have talked to a bunch of Eternal members on the Facebook group, and there's never been a sale. There's never been a discount. Just like regular Dragon Con tickets, the price has never gone down. In fact, they've increased at a much faster rate than the regular tickets. Um, 
Now, when I bought mine in 2005, I knew I'd have about 10 years to pay it off, and I've paid it off now, so now I'm in my free years. And I've also talked to people who have, you know, based on my current age and the current price, it doesn't make financial sense for me I want. But I'm going to buy for my kids because they will get the value out of it. Right, right. Well, it's definitely something that, you know, and if, if, any, if nothing else, it's a true testament to um, how awesome, you know, a lot of people feel about Dragon Con is that they're willing to say, you know what? I can't imagine not ever going to this show. So sign me up now because I, I want to always have a, a place there. And and that, I think, is 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 a pretty big statement in and of itself. Yeah, I agree. Oh, one other point um, about the advantage. Years ago, when you remember how horrendous the ticket lines were, the longest I've ever stayed in line in, in the Eternal line, one year people were complaining that the lines were long. I'm not making this up. Because there were like 10 people ahead of them. I'm not even kidding. Like, that's how spoiled the Eternal <laughs> Members line is. It is fast. The only reason you will stand in a line... There have been literally years where I walked up and there was nobody in line. Or it's, it's right across from the celebrity line so you're, where they get their badges. And they used to be merged until they separated them. And now they're right across the hall. So you could see some celebrities on your very first day on Thursday while you're picking up your badge. Um, so the line is incredibly fast, which now regular lines are fast, and I hope they'll stay that way. But, you know, you will you will definitely get through the ticket faster, the uh, badge line faster, picking up awesome. your badge. It's just, it's incredible because there just aren't that many eternal members. Right, right. You know, if you're waiting in line, it's because you're waiting in line on Thursday before they open. And I've, I've literally seen people standing in that line because they have nothing else to do. They're happy to stand in line chat with their friends, just like people used to do years ago. It's a social event. Yeah, they know yeah. darn well they could come back an hour and there will be no line. But they're like, well, I'm here. Let's start drinking and, you know. <laughs> start socializing while we hang out in this line. Why not? It's what we do. Exactly. Exactly. Well, thank you so much for giving us a little insight as to the uh, world of uh, being an eternal member. Uh, It's, you know, it's something that I've always wondered. So thank you so much. And if people have other questions about it, they can obviously find you and other eternal members to ask about uh, uh, on Facebook at the eternal members group. Correct. Uh, and, yeah, and there is an additional group at the Dragon Con forums. It's just dragonconforums.org slash eternal-members. And that place hasn't been active yet, but I am aware that not a lot, of, you know, that there are people who have no interest in Facebook. So what I plan to do there is when we do start to, as the year progresses, and we do start to maybe arrange additional fan unofficial activities, as many groups do for themselves, I will also announce it there so that people who aren't on Facebook um, have an opportunity to participate and let their voice be heard as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And and we definitely look forward to talking to you again next month. Thank you very much. Hello. My name is Michelle Biddick-Simmons. I run Drop by Dragon Con. I am a longtime Dragon Conner. Um, and tonight I'm going to discuss fear because it's a really normal reaction whenever you're faced with the unknown and change itself is a huge unknown. So when you decide that you're going to make a change with your life, be it you just want to get in better shape, you want to lose weight, or you just want to have healthier choices, 
even if it's on a daily basis adding a salad or something, people actually panic over that, just trying to figure out what vegetables to add. Um, sounds odd, but it's true, and it's actually very normal. Um, the thing with when you just want to get in better shape, the things that might make you very worried um, are things like what time, how are you going to do this, you're going to get up earlier. Potential injury, particularly if you've already been injured before, that will really set you into a little bit of a panic mode because you don't want to do it again. Also, just going out of your comfort zone in order to reach those goals can set people into, I call it analysis paralysis, where you don't actually get started because you're spending too much time thinking about it and analyzing what could go wrong. Um, now, we just had this discussion on drop by because if you're trying to lose weight, a lot of people start panicking over the thought of loose skin over your breasts, and you guys can giggle if you want over that one, but this actually was a conversation last week, and we even had two guys that kind of joined in privately, um, and the fact that sometimes when you change who you are, even in a small way, people that you love and you expect to support you all of a sudden are undermining you, and, and it's their fear in that case because they're afraid you're going to do something that changes you enough that you don't need them anymore and you're going to leave them behind. And sadly, that happens. But the best way to overcome this, just start moving. Just figure out one thing to do. And the first thing I say is if you're sitting on your butt and you're not doing anything, during commercials, get up and walk around. If you're at work, um, if you don't have a job where you have to just stay there, you know, sitting at your desk, every 45 minutes, get up, go to the bathroom, get a drink of water, do something like that. If you are at your desk and you can't really get up and move around, there are things you can do sitting at the desk that aren't going to get you in trouble with your boss. Um, start trying to work toward 10,000 steps a day. Scary as it sounds, that's for most people that are 5'5 five, five and above, that's approximately five miles a day. If you're under 5'5", five, five, it's closer to 12,000 steps to get five miles. Um, we have one drop-by member through the snow that we just went through and all the ice. She has a Fitbit, and she was hell-bent on getting her, her 10,000 steps in before she went to bed. She called around because the mall was closed and found a Walmart that was still open and went to Walmart and finished off her walks and her, her steps and then drove home in the ice and snow because she knew she wouldn't do it if she went home. That is awesome, um, though. That's I know. That, is that not great? It's dedication. And, it is. And it's funny because, you know, both my wife and I have Fitbits, and I'm almost six foot, and Judy is like 5'1". And, you know, she always laughs because she gets more steps than I do because it takes her so many more steps just to keep up with me. Right. Oh, right. Oh, definitely. Um, I actually – I know – I think you'll love this one, but I know someone that – um, she's not in our group, but she's a woman who actually lost over 200 pounds. And one of the things that she did is she was realizing she was sitting on her butt too often with school. So the days that she had school, she also would go to Walmart. She would go and get a cart. She would go over in this one section where they have the salt for water systems. And it's like 50-pound bags. She would put 200 pounds of salt in the cart, walk the entire – around the store for an hour – Go back over with the salt back and then go up front and buy water and fruit for lunch and leave. And she did this three days a week for a year. <laughs> and that will do it. And and she was at first she was nervous and kind of scared that people would judge her. 
but it got to be that the people that worked there recognized her and were really great about it. And one of the managers tried to help her with the bag. She's like, no, that's part of the exercise. I need to do this. But don't forget that YouTube is also a resource. If you don't want to go someplace and have someone seeing you or join a gym or put the money into it, YouTube is an amazing resource. There are great people who just go and watch the videos the first time, see if the people really know what they're talking about um, because you don't want to do anything that is going to hurt you. But you can do all sorts of things with YouTube. I have files on Drop by DragonCon that if anybody has certain things, I find it for them. If you need to modify something, do it. Um, start with at home, find a plank challenge where you do planks. You don't have to do the full straight arms. You can start on your elbows. Do Find a wall sit challenge. Find a squat challenge. If you have problems with your knees or hips, you can actually, I love this, you can use an exercise ball that's slightly deflated, and you can actually use that for the squat challenge because you're still working a major muscle area, but you're protecting your knees. Modification and form are your best friends for whatever you're doing. Um, trying to get, once you have gotten like some walking in or you want to go further with that, find something else that you really like and just start adding a little here, a little there. I, we have someone that actually told us recently that she joined a gym and every time she would go there, she would sit outside in her car and she was just so afraid to go in. And a couple of times she was like texting us on the phone um, and we're like, just, just do it. If you just, this is what I say, what's the worst thing that can happen? Because if someone's watching you, it's, it's not about you, it's about them. I just go in, I get on the treadmill or whatever, and I say I'm going to do this for 10 minutes if I'm by myself because I usually have someone with me because I'm lucky. But go get on the treadmill for 10 minutes, just do 10 minutes, and then go 10 minutes more. Stare at something. I, I tend to look at something and I have headsets on and I do, you know, the music. If I'm outside walking on my own, I do the same thing. I find something in the distance and I look at that. And as soon as I get close enough, I look at something else in the distance and I have the music going. I'm still aware of what's going on around me, but I just keep pushing because all it takes is a few extra steps and your confidence are gonna it's just gonna grow. And if it's just do the 30-second thing if you're sitting outside the gym. Count to 30 and then just get out and go in. Don't let anything hold you back because the biggest thing is you go in that fear cycle and it gets your brain in that little swirl and that is analysis paralysis. You're analyzing everything that could happen that's bad. But here's the thing. The same feeling that you're getting about not going into the gym, you're so scared to do this. It's the same good feeling you get from being afraid when you're on a roller coaster or when you're about to meet someone that you've been dating online for a year and never met or, or you're seeing someone that you haven't seen in a long time. It's that same, yay, you know, a friend of mine, and I'm not going to say who it is because she's going to love this, but she calls it right before uh, Dragon Con. Um, she said this, and she just said it last week when I put something up on Drop By about how many days away we are now. Because we're under 200. We are under 200 days for Dragon Con. And she said, and this, and this is a military officer. <laughs> she said, and she may hit me for this. She goes, oh, my God, I'm getting the Dragon Con pee-pee dance. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> but it's her thing that she gets so excited. And I'm like, that's it. You're, you're, it's the same thrill. You're so excited it's going to be happening. But it's also that, oh, my God, I don't know what's going to happen this year. Make. It become a thing for the gym because you're changing who you are. 
and and you know the future's so bright you got to wear shades that comment is so true you're changing who you are and who you're going to be and by god if you don't get out and do this who are you going to be if in 6 months you haven't done anything you're going to be bigger you're not going to have the muscle you're not going to be achieving the goals and and if I can get into this, if you guys will let me do this real quick, there's another thing that I have to address with the fear. When people start on, I don't like the word diet, but when they start on an eating plan to lose weight, they tend to become obsessive and it's, oh my God, I have to do it this way or else. And we had someone just do this, oh my God, I ate a cupcake. Well, you had one cupcake. You ran a half marathon, you go out and run eight miles every day, you're taking care of a child, you're full-time, you're doing, you know, you're working, you're doing all this stuff, you're eating so fabulously. I really am an advocate of the 80-20, and I've said it before, I know you guys have heard me say it, if 80% of everything that you do is on target to achieve your goals, then have that 20%. If you want, I don't like sodas, um, I, I've had one recently because I've been sick, but if you if you want a Coca-Cola once a week, build it in. If you want to, run extra miles. If you want a cupcake, do it. Twice a week, if you're if you're doing really well for yourself and, and you're really watching it and all of a sudden your weight's stalling and you're not losing it anymore, you need to bump up your calories twice a week, maybe 300 to- uh, calories each time. That is also a fear thing. When you start controlling what you're eating and becoming almost – manic about making sure you're on target, there's a problem. And here's why I'm addressing this, because it's not just the fear thing, but what's going to happen at the end of this where you've achieved your weight or your muscles or whatever it is you want to add, you've gotten to that point. If you haven't learned because your fear has driven you to stay so dead on everything then what happens at the end of it is you don't know how to deal with real life because all of a sudden you're going to be, you might miss a day of exercise. You might miss two. All of a sudden you're going to have a cupcake because you've achieved and you think it's over. Well, if you haven't learned and if you've blocked yourself from learning, I can guarantee you're going to gain weight back and I can guarantee it's highly likely it's going to be more than what you lost. And... This is also true if you've had weight loss surgery. You need, and I've, I've said it before, you need, to, you need to learn what changes you have to make for your life. You need the foundation and you need to be comfortable with who you're going to be because sometimes at the end of it you freak out and fear gets you because it's all of a sudden you're a new person and it's a new world. And things have changed. People are paying attention to you. People who didn't talk to you before, even at 30 or 40 pounds lost or 200 pounds lost, you're visible. And the fear reaction right there is to gain weight back or to quit working out and taking care of yourself. And you are the biggest asset you have. You are the only advocate for your body and your health. So don't let anything get in your way. Just make yourself the priority and get out of the analysis paralysis and take the first step. How's that? Definitely good good advice, especially, well, you know, I mean, especially for a lot of us in the geek community because, you know, we have the tendency to be a bit obsessive. Oh, yes. <laughs> I have oh, no yes. idea what you're talking about, Mike. 
So we, we have I, a I could see I could see where the analysis. Uh, I mean, do you paralysis? Find, yeah, oh, I yeah. can see where that definitely uh, it would affect you know things. Um, I, I mean, would you say just in general now um, that I mean I know that uh, a lot of things that geeks experience does non geeks do as well, but because um, it's all relative, you know, as we talked about oh, when, right, we, right. when we do the geek seat and all that kind of stuff it's all about what you're passions about passionate about and you can be passionate about anything whether it's something that's quote, quote geeky or something like sports related but in any case uh do you find that uh you know over the course of the the, the your your uh facebook messages and all that kind of stuff that you've seen people like that that geeks or nerdy people are considered are a little bit um more, more obsessive, yes. More obsessive, yes, about some some of this stuff. About being perfect. I find the same detail that goes into making costumes and loving their fandom and making sure everything is just right and rewatching a movie thirty five times so you get the words right. Um, it when it becomes something with their health, I've had to talk some people down because um, they they do start to get to the point where they think, you know, I, I can do this. I eat less, I drink more water, and I exercise more. And it's like, uh, you guys, you're brilliant, you're fabulous. And I will say, I can tell you across the board from people I've met in the geek world or the fandom world, we do have higher IQs. I'm truly convinced of that. Um, and I really do think a lot of us have that little extra bit of um, obsessive personality. I know I have a little bit of that, which is why I do know quotes. Um, but I've had to calm some people down a couple of times because you can't, you can't make it where if you have a cupcake, you have a freak out because it's not worth it. And it's not going to stick to you. Just, you know, keep on with the rest of it. So, yes, Mike, yes. Yes and yes. Yes, yes, and yes. Wow. Well, I feel like you should be just going, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. No, no, no. We're not going to turn this into a Daniel Bryant that moment. Um, so, well, very cool. Well, thank you so much for uh, that insight. Great topic. Um, and uh, I think definitely something that we can all, um, you, you know, no matter what you're trying to achieve. Right. I think it, it applies to whether it's, uh, you know, whether you, how to better yourself. I think that that uh, is good coverage for them. Yeah, I hope so. I, I hope my biggest thing is I want to reach as many people as possible that need us because the other thing in the geek world, um, we have that stereotype of being fat, sitting on our butts, watching movies, playing video games and games and, you know, living in our parents' basement and not marrying, etc. And, you know, it's like... <sighs> Everybody has stereotypes. Let's not let any of it be true. So, at least for the weight, I, it pains me when I see somebody who's really uncomfortable at Dragon Con where they should be really happy and comfortable because we are their peeps. We're their world. So, come on over to Drop By. Right. So, and again, Drop By Dragon Con Facebook page. We're going to have a link to it. We are always linking to it from our website. And uh, you can always reach Michelle and plenty of other people. Great support group there. We're just, so not, we have- we're just not friends. We're members. Right. <laughs> and, and are you guys on Fitbit? Yes, we are. Okay. I, I, 
because, you know, um, we actually have Jennifer over there who runs a lot of, like, she has contests going on and four different houses, and they're constantly egging each other on and stuff. I'm getting a Fitbit soon, and I will be over there. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, that's uh, another good good item to have. Yes. Thank you so much, and we will talk to you again next month. Thank you, guys. Talk to you later. And certainly, last but not least, it wouldn't be a Dragon Con report without talking about costuming and cosplay. So, once again, in our cosplay corner, we have our costuming consultant, Bewitched Raven. Welcome back to the station. Thank you for having me. So, uh, so you survived your your first Dragon Con report. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> um, what uh, what's on your mind for the uh, your second one? Well, um, you know, I know it's the Dragon Con report, but I thought we could talk a little bit about um, being in crunch time for cons tonight. I'm actually prepping for a convention this weekend, and I've got, what is it, like two, two and a half days to finish a couple of different costumes and try to have them con ready. And we all know the, uh, the panic that can set in when you put yourself in that situation. <laughs> well, believe me, we're less than 200 days out from Dragon Con, and there's already people that are feeling that it's crunch time already for Dragon Con. Oh, so, I mean, I'm already seeing posts of people being like, what is, <laughs> you know, what's your final set in stone Dragon Con cosplay lineup? And I'm like, I, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I mean, I have my, my tentative list. <laughs> But uh. so obviously when you leave it to the last minute, things can get kind of stressful. Yes, they can. And, and, you know, I, I advocate planning till the cows come home, you know, setting spreadsheets and to do lists and scheduling your time. But sometimes real life just gets in the way and we just get busy. And it's so pesky that way. It's so pesky. <laughs> Why can't I cosplay all the time? But, uh, <laughs> Sometimes you just get down to the wire and uh, you're up to the 13th hour <laughs> scrambling to finish. So do you have any any uh, tips for, you know, that sort of last minute lightning round? Um, cosplay buddies are the best because no matter what you think or what you say, you are going to have a moment where you are going to panic, want to th- ball up the costume, throw it in the corner and just say, Never mind, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have I live with a couple of other uh prop makers and costumers and they they can always sit me down and say, "Okay, you've got this. What's left to do?" And then once we talk it out, I'm like, "Okay, it's not really that much. It's very manageable. Let's get it done. This is going to be great." And so having a cosplay buddy to help keep you calm and focused and on point is is probably crunch time rule number one in my book. <laughs> Absolutely. A, a definite support system. And if you don't happen to have anybody you know, sort of in your inner circle, um, probably I would imagine there's some pretty good resources groups online. Oh yeah. I mean, I know Atlanta has a, a Facebook group, um, the Atlanta area cosplayers. So I would, I, you know, I would feel fairly confident that most most locations, at least major points, would have something like that um, or fandom-based groups. You know, if you're working on a My Little Pony costume, you can join a, a Bronies group on Facebook and then seek out some advice and support or, you know, Firefly, you've got the brown coats, anything like that. Um, 
the the vast internet world is a place of support <laughs> and 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 there are definitely ways to to seek that out so I would imagine that the you know when it comes to the last hours um you know your resources are rather limited that that can probably be the most trouble if you haven't planned enough ahead and if a fabric isn't sewing the way you thought it would or you ran out of bias tape um sometimes crossing your fingers and praying to the gods that you live somewhere close to a Walmart that sells fabric <laughs> that's 24 hours can be uh can be your only hope but sometimes it's about being creative you know if you run out of fabric for lining you can go to the store like Walmart or something and buy bed sheets and use those for lining or um buy little girl hair bows and tear them apart and use the ribbons um things like that it kind of does force you if you do run out of supplies to to kind of be a little bit more creative and and sometimes that can also help you come up with long-term more cost-efficient routes for certain projects improvising is some of the best ways to do it though yeah and sometimes things will come out way better than you thought they would ever before (laughs) and sometimes that surprises you (laughs) i would imagine not only just retail stores but if you have like a goodwill or salvation or or thrift stores or anything like that of that nature near you i would imagine there's a lot of different uh sort of fabrics and everything available to you absolutely i actually was thrift storing tonight um, for, for my crunch time costume for my upcoming convention. And, uh, and it, you'd be surprised some of the things you look at. And for a minute, you're just like, no, I can't use that. And then you just see it at the right angle. And you're like, actually, I could take this panel apart and use it here. And this panel apart and use it here. And uh, thrift stores are, are the gifts to the cosplayers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other uh, tips? Um... If you're old enough, alcohol <laughs> can be very calming. <laughs> and I always tell people, though, don't don't ever machine sew and, and ever, like, over drink. But a glass of wine or, or one bottle of beer can be a very calming, actually focusing effect for me. Um, I, I also suggest highly, if you're in crunch time, utilizing something like a background TV show. It helps you keep track of time without watching the clock. So no moonshine and costuming. Yeah. yeah, No moonshine, (laughs) but but something, something that, you know, like a sitcom that, you know, is about 20 to 30 minutes in length. If you put that on Netflix behind you and you just listen to it, you'll, you'll be able to mentally be like, okay, it's been about three episodes. So I've, I've been working on this just over an hour. <laughs> so it, it can be a really good, subtle way to track your time. And probably make it makes it so it's not – it gets your mind off something else, you know? I mean, yeah. it's sort of like you're not so focusing on that because you've got something else going on there. <laughs> but rule number one would be don't procrastinate in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> But then you're, you know, like you're usually most of the time you're even working on your costume at the con itself. Oh yeah, um, I I have a rule that costumes are never fully completed. They've always got ways to improve and and be facelifted and I'll always be worked on. What um, just out of curiosity, what conventions do you have coming up right now? 
Um, that you're I have preparing? Up, I'll be doing, I'm guesting at Connuga. I'm one of their cosplay guests. Excellent. Um, I've just added to my roster X Pop Con in Myrtle Beach. Um, so those are my two uh, guest appearances, and and uh, Marble City Comic Con three guest appearances that are that I try to make sure I, I pull out some of my more impressive cosplays. But then outside of that, there's Heroes Con, TimeGate, MomoCon, and those are kind of my more fun based conventions where I get to. I get to let loose a little and and have a little bit more silly time in my cosplay. With <laughs> and the, then Dragon uh, Con, <laughs> of course, of course. Um, now with the convention coming up, with Kanuga uh, coming up, uh, so are you debuting a new costume there? I am actually um, debuting a couple. Um, I've taken photos, but uh, in it, but it hasn't been to a convention yet. I'll be bringing my Fire Flower Mario. Um, girl or Maria, I guess is, is the female <laughs> neighbor. Um, I am also doing with a fellow cosplayer, Shattered Stitch Cosplay. We are doing Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, but we're doing them as if they cosplayed each other. So she's doing Poison Harley and I'm doing Ivy Quinn. <laughs> that sounds like fun. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Hers is beautiful and mine is not done yet. <laughs> but it will be. And then if uh, if time and makeup permits, I'm going to try to do a humanoid version of Foxy from Five Nights at Freddy's. Awesome. Yeah, so we get to be a little scary, a little video gamey and silly, and a little sexy. All in one. <laughs> Can I ask you a question, though? This is uh, yeah. something I've always wondered about costuming and such. What is a typical day at a convention like for you? Uh, very exhausting. Um, <laughs> it depends on if I'm I'm just attending or guesting. It's clearly much more relaxed if I'm just attending. I can work on my own schedule. But when I'm guesting, I have to work based off of the time frames of the vendor room as well as any panels or workshops I'm working on. I know for Kanuga, I'm pretty much booked around the clock to be somewhere. <laughs> So I am going to be just go, go, going. And then I'm also um, sponsoring one of their official room parties on Saturday night. So I have no intention of sleeping this weekend at all. all right. I will have a Red Bull on me at all times. Sleep, it's always optional at a con anyway. <laughs> and but she's sewing right now. <laughs> I know, right? I have to sew now and not sleep this weekend. And... <laughs> If I'm a little mad next time we do this, you'll understand why. <laughs> but uh, it's a lot of fun. I get to meet a lot of awesome new people. I get to see a lot of awesome friends who I only get to see at certain conventions. And I wouldn't I wouldn't give it up for the world. Awesome. And, uh, and it's that kind of behavior is why we love having you on. So Aww. we really appreciate it. Um, now, as you're uh, making the debut of the costumes, and, and I'm, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of photos at Kanuga taken, but as far as your own uh, site, uh, remind people where they can find you online so they can check out your cosplay from uh, Kanuga. Yeah, they can um, hit me up on Facebook. I'm at facebook.com slash bewitchravencosplay. Um, and then pretty much anywhere else on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, DeviantArt, Blogger. If you Google searched 
uh, Bewitched Raven. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> so it, that's pretty much my username across the board. You can find me on Twitch and, um, you know, um, Xbox and PlayStation and, and all those fun places. So Bewitched Raven. <laughs> awesome. Well, have a fun time at the show. We've been to Canuga several times and uh, not get we're not getting a chance to go this year, but um, have a great time and uh, we'll see you next month. Thank you. I'll see you guys next month. And so now we draw a close to a, another episode of the ESO Dragon Con 2015 special report. Uh, big thanks to Eternal Zan, Michelle Biddick Simmons, and Bewitch Raven for joining us. And a big, huge thanks to our station crew. Thanks once again for joining us, Mary. Absolutely, guys. Thanks so much for having me. And, and thank you, Darren. Anytime you need me, just call me. Awesome. What, really? Yeah, anytime, okay. baby. Anytime. Cool. It's good information to know. Mm-hmm. Especially since he's going to be hopping up on ESO next week. That's true. That's, That's true. true. Maybe I'll have some pie left over. Who knows? Ooh, we might need it for that. Show. Nah, I won't have any left over. Yeah. Tease. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you, Mike, for which not, of course, would this would be, would be possible. As always, it's my pleasure. We try to cover all we can with these specials, but to keep up with the latest news, please check out the official DragonCon website and all the tracks, every single one of them, have Facebook groups and there's even a DragonCon wiki. There's Facebook groups to talk about DragonCon Facebook groups. Uh, as Zan mentioned, there's an Eternal members group. Uh, Michelle mentioned that the drop by DragonCon, the big group there. And of course, uh, Bewitched Raven was talking about the... Uh, uh, the cosplay uh, groups as well, specifically focused on Dragon Con. So there's a lot of material out there. So please use those resources. Uh, but if there's something in particular that you want us to cover, please contact us because we'd love to answer questions, investigate what issues you have, what questions you have, and, and talk about them on a, on a future show. Exactly. Uh, if you have questions about Dragon Con, Never be afraid to ask us. You know, if we can't find out the answers, we have tons of contacts who can help us with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we can be found on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Stitcher, Instagram, uh, pen, uh, Pinterest, right? Uh, we've got uh, an ESO Pinterest page. Um, we've got yeah, – You wouldn't want to hear You wouldn't want to hear us on Pandora. I'm telling you. That's, <laughs> that's... – <laughs> So we're uh, almost everywhere that there's social media as well. We want you to be part of the station, so please feel free to join us in the discussion. Um, Also, please help support us uh, with our Amazon e-link. Again, uh, if you go to our website, you're interested in buying anything from Amazon, go to ESO website first. Click on that link. It leads you right into Amazon. You can just shop as normal. And again, it doesn't cost you any more. Helps us out a lot. So uh, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Mike Gordon, and it has been my pleasure, and we'll see you at the con.
This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network, your station for all things geek, classic, current, and beyond. Be part of the crew at esonetwork.com.